0: Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Quandi A. Lunis with A. Sherrod Blakely. Sherrod, I want to talk about the most important news of the week, I think. But, of course, before that, we have to give love to BetOnline AG. They keep us running. Be sure to check them out. But did you hear the news? The king. The king, James. The king's
1: empire is growing.
0: It's, But, you know, what's crazy. He He's now a co-owner of the Boston Red Sox. He walked into the Boston TD Garden <laughs> with a Yankees cap last year in January. What is going oh, on? Can,
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one thing when Kimba Walker does that, because Kimba is from New York. From so New York. it's exactly. like, OK, we get that. But LeBron LeBron is just on a different level. I mean, this is the thing that, this is the thing that, that I, I think people are starting to slowly but surely realize that, that LeBron is doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is slowly but surely taking over the world. Right. He's get, He's got his hands in a little bit of this, that, and the other, so that when he retires, forget about that NBA pension. That's snack money. That's going to be snack money for him. He's trying – and the thing I like about what LeBron is doing, and, and again, I wish more athletes would use their, their their influence and their power and their financial means to do this, is mm-hmm. he is trying to become an owner. He is trying to become a boss. That, to me, is where players, after all these years – are finally starting to realize that's truly where the power is at. Because as much money as you are making as a player, you can only imagine how much the owners are making because they're the ones that are paying you as a player. And, and so LeBron, I think he's slowly but surely trying to take over the world. Uh, I think he wants to be, you know, just this larger-than-life economic powerhouse who's got his hands in lots of different things. Um, but one thing I to
0: be the boss though. What's Rob that, Williams? You see what I did there with the transition? I see what you
1: did there. I saw
0: that. <laughs> I saw that.
1: Corny A. Lutis with the transition game. No.
0: Let's talk about Rob Williams, though, the Time Lord, as they call him. Your assessment? Well, well I like
1: what I'm seeing. Uh, I like a lot of what he's doing out there. I think he is playing with the kind of consistency that, fingers crossed, is going to get him the trust of Brad Stevens to play even more minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, again, I, I still think that there's, there's, he's not quite there yet. Uh, but the Celtics, they're going to have some really tough decisions to make as far as price pointing uh, when it comes to time to re-sign Rob Williams, because there is a tremendous amount of upside he brings, there's no doubt about that. But there are some aspects of his of his game that definitely need work. Are they willing to invest that he's going to make those adjustments, those improvements, that, and, and continue to grow the way we've seen with Jalen Brown, the way we've seen with Jason Tatum? Or are they going to try to hedge their bets a little bit and run the risk of potentially losing him? And and that, to me, when I look at the way they're built, look at the way they want to play, I don't see them adding anyone that can fill the void that would be left if Rob is not around because Rob brings such a tremendous amount of potential at both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a different kind of big. He's ridiculously athletic. I I I say all the time that to me, he's like a smarter version of JaVale McGee, a long, a ridiculous athletic first position, but is starting to figure things out in a way that can help himself money wise and think it can help the Celtics uh, obviously in terms of wins and losses, but to get better insight on time, Mm -hmm. Lord, Let's talk to the timeless one himself, mm-hmm. uh, our good friend Cedric Maxwell. Uh, Cedric is, is, is going to join us right now to talk a little bit of Celtics, a little bit of Rob Williams, and who the hell else knows what the hell else Cedric going to talk about because you know Cedric has got a lot of stories and a lot of stuff to get off his chest, which mm-hmm. I'm sure he will. So let's, uh, let's go talk to Cedric Maxwell right now.
0: And now we welcome in our special guest, but he really doesn't need the introduction like you said, Sherrod. Cedric Maxwell, thanks for joining us. Celtics legend and, of course, now an analyst for 98.5 The Sports Hub.
2: Yep. Thank you guys for having me. You know, I, I see you didn't. I guys actually wanted to come on during Black History Month,
0: but we're we right. still
2: good. we still yeah. good. That's all right. It's all right. It's all good. Because it's
0: always Black History Month when we're together. <laughs> Bam.
1: Good answer, <laughs> Quani. Good answer. <Quanny>. Good answer.
0: <laughs> He's still recovering. Let him recover Let me be one. Steve Harvey.
1: <laughs> oh, Cedric, man, it is so good to have you on here, man. But you, you know what though? I'm just going to jump right into the into to the fire mm-hmm. with this. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Robert Williams the third, um, and I just wanted to get just you know, what do you see? Uh, in him. And is it time for for Time Lord to take that next step and get in that starting lineup? I mean, is it time for Brad to put him in that first group, do you think? Or or what what do you think about his whole situation?
2: You know, he's growing. And I think one of the things you see with him is that when you start him that he was picking up too many fouls. So Mm -hmm. now he's coming off the bench and he's starting to learn how to play a different position. What I'm loving Mm -hmm. about him right now is I'm watching him what he does on the offensive end. He used to catch the basketball, and he, under the rim, immediately throw it out to a shooter. Now he's mm. gathering, positioning himself, going up strong, making baskets around the hoop, and with the ability to get off the floor, nobody on this team has that.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, 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 Max, you um been around the league for a long time, and, and you know what it's like to be patient and, and wait your turn. Uh, I, I don't think you made your first start, I think, until like your third year in the league or something no, like
2: that. No, I, I actually started my first year in the league. Uh, yeah. for John Havlicek uh, in game number, what was like 12? We were like mm-hmm. three and whatever we were. Uh, Tom Heinsohn took a flyer, took me off the bench and started me in the game. And then the next year, my sophomore year, Uh, the first 10 games I didn't start from then on. I started for the rest of my career with the Celtics, but patience is always a virtue.
1: How is that as a player waiting your opportunity? Because most of the guys we see in the NBA, you've always been the best player on your squad. You were always, like in that pickup game, you were either the first or second guy picked if you weren't a captain. You know what that's like. Getting to the NBA, having to be patient with either playing fewer minutes or not playing at all, how do you mentally – make that pivot as a player
2: well first of all I think you're looking around the room and you're going damn seeing you know John Habercheck you see Jojo White you see all these great players and then you see guys on the court that you've only read about you know Julius Irving and guys like that in the league when I first got around the Kareem so you're just pretty much in awe uh most players when they come in as rookies you know very few players come in like Magic or come in like Bird who immediately come in and make an impact Isaiah guys like that but the majority of us had to learn and the the thing about Robert Williams you're saying right now is he's learned he watches Daniel Tice some of the things Daniel Tice is able to do he's watches Kristen Thompson some of the things he's able to do and incorporated some of those things in his game mm-hmm. nobody on this team has the ability to block shots like a Robert Williams
0: mm-hmm.
2: but at the same time when brad has started him as i said before he would go in and he pick up two or three crazy fouls now he's keeping his hands to his side i've said this on the broadcast a thousand times he doesn't have to reach for the ball because all he has to do is use that length and that size to elevate and block shots once it comes off of somebody's
0: hand you mentioned him being around players that are more experienced but like you mentioned when you come into the league and you know that you're good and you see that there is a positive response when you're on the floor from your perspective how does someone like him remain humble and like you said remain a little more patient until brad decides to put in that starting lineup let's
2: start you look at the guys who are ahead of you he looks at the tatums he looks at the browns mm-hmm. the all-stars that you have in front of you and realizes that you know my time is going to come uh I, it, again it's all about patience you know, even sometimes when you're playing in this league, patience is is, is the craziest thing. My first game ever was against George Iceman Irving, And Ooh. I got I came in the game maybe with about 10 minutes in the game. I scored a basket. I was all happy. And he looked at me and says, nice shot, young fellow. He said, too bad they got two ends of the floor. <laughs> and then he went down <laughs> and tortured my ass. Yeah. I was like, damn. What? I, don't, I mean. <laughs> And Shasta, you think you might block? You know, you're just letting these things float up because these are professional players. That's all they do. Not only are they professional basketball players, professional card sharks, you know, collecting cars, collecting mm-hmm. this, these guys are collectors and, and that's what they do. And, and you have to learn from their skill set and what they do and incorporate it. I had a great one that you would know, HRI, was Dave Bing. Dave Bing, yes. great players ever to play the game. Uh, he played with me, He came to the Celtics, came out of retirement from Detroit, played with the Celtics for a year, and I learned so much from him about how to conduct myself as a professional. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like like you and I are talking about being on time. That's one thing you have to do. Tom heinson had a thing. Uh, you know, he was my first coach. He said, you know, if you're on time, you're late. It's like, damn, wait a minute, wait a minute, how would that work out? Oh, yeah, if you're, if you're on time, the bus is li- leaving. You have to be five minutes before the bus gets ready to take off especially as a rookie so you learn as a young player
1: yeah, and, and and tommy was the same way with us in the media too i'd show up and 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 he'd be like hey you're late i'm like well, we're not popping off to like another 10 15 minutes no you're late <laughs> and i'm like okay okay <laughs> But, Max, you you'd you mentioned something a little bit earlier about, about collectors. And, and one of the things I've noticed about players, particularly when they're around young players, is they're the collectors of bodies. They absolutely collect bodies that they can work with, that they can craft, that they can mold, and help you become a better player. Uh, and I think about Robert Williams, and I think about guys like Al Horford. I think about guys like Aaron Baines, guys mm-hmm. who I know had a significant influence on him. The one thing I would say about Robert, though, is that it seems that he has shown at an early stage that when he has had an opportunity to play, you can see some clear and tangible signs that he could be an impact player in this league. I think back to when I was in Detroit and I had Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, and Tony McDyess, and some young kid by the name of Darko Milicic. Darko used to get that ass kicked every day in practice, as you can imagine. But the one thing that I, I that they kept telling me was that in practice, he could hold his own. But when the lights came on and you had to do some of those skill sets in an actual game that that's, he wasn't right that's,
2: that's the difference in players you can have right. great practice players mm-hmm. there was a story i had that was when we first got a young danny Ainge. danny couldn't hit the side of the damn backboard and <laughs> um i was on my podcast with kevin McHale. we were talking about it and i said kevin here's one of the things you remember this he said yeah i remember that He said, I was working with Danny every day. I said, because I was so effective in the post, I said, Danny, they don't care about you. You pass it to me. And then what I want you to do is I want you to move to another spot because your man's gonna double team me. And then I'm gonna kick you the ball. And then you so we we did this for about 30 minutes in practice. He throw it into me, he goes spot up, I throw him the ball. First play in the game, he gets in with me. He passes me the ball. They come down with his man, a double team. He runs to the corner. I throw him the perfect pass, hits him in the hands. Then he catches it, reads it. you reads the laces on the ball, shoots it, and hits the side of the damn backboard. Man, Kevin looked at me. and said, like, "All that damn time, and there you go. You got nothing <laughs> out of it." But it's but translating what you do in practice to game situations. That those are the real players because. You've seen guys who are high flyers, and, you know, they can't get a minute
0: in this league.
1: Yeah, yeah. I- and a
0: problem that comes with the coaching, and a lot of the talk, the positive talk has been about Robert Williams on the floor, but also there's been a lot of negative talk surrounding the way Brad Stevens is coaching and whether or not he can wrangle this team up to its potential. From your perspective, do you think that Brad is an issue right now, or is it something that we should still continue to watch in the second half of the season? I don't think
2: Brad's an issue. And, and I'm all about truth-telling, especially on your show. I think yeah. one of the things that's happening right now is that you look at this team and they're not they're not complete yet. What you haven't seen is you haven't seen Marcus Smart with the first team for a while, or you haven't seen Kimba being out. This team has not been whole yet. Now, what are you going to do with the trade exception? So I'm, I'm not giving them any excuses. There have been a lot of errors. But when you lose a Marcus Smart, your best defender you're going to struggle defensively, and that's where they really struggle playing on the defensive end. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving the fact that Marcus is back in the lineup, Kimba's back in the lineup, starting to play more minutes, and I think you'll get a better hold on what this team is. What you saw them against Brooklyn, though, is the fact that they're not in that league. Brooklyn's in a whole nother a whole <laughs> stratosphere than than the rest of the you know. People in the East, only team I think right now in the Eastern Conference that really could hold their own right now in Brooklyn in a seven-game series would be Philadelphia. And that is because during the playoffs, as you guys know, the game slows down and Mm -hmm. it starts to be a ground and pound game. Joel Embiid is the best ground and pound guy in the NBA right now at his size. And I don't know if Brooklyn has anybody to contain him And I like Doc Rivers. The relationship right now that I see with uh, Embiid and Doc Rivers reminds me so much of Kevin Garnett and Doc Rivers. You know, Kevin would would run through a damn building, burning building. Doc Rivers would go, hey, hey, go run through that damn building. It's on fire. Kevin like, I'm flying through. Because he believed it. I think this is the same kind of relationship that Doc Rivers is starting to develop with Joel Embiid.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and I I've written about that for Bleach Report just about just the Doc Rivers factor and Philly's success this year. And and you're right, Max. I mean, it, it's amazing how we undervalue the importance of relationships. When mm-hmm. it comes to winning games, we can talk about talent to a blue in face, but it doesn't matter how good your players are. If there's not a connection between that, the head of the snake, which really is the head coach mm-hmm. and the body, which is the players and specifically your best player. You're not going to ever get to the to your pinnacle of, of greatness as a team. If that disconnect is there, that that really is true. Huh? You think about the great teams you've seen Pat Rowley
2: connecting, Bill uh, Jackson connecting. Uh, Greg Popovich connected with his team, Casey Jones, uh, Bill Mm -hmm. Fitch, all these coaches who have been around, uh, Chuck Daly, you know, connecting Mm -hmm. with the guys he has and making those guys accountable. And that's what I really like about when you see these guys play and they play at a high level. So, yeah, coaching has – people say, well, it has nothing to do with it. I think they're wrong about that. Coaches are really huge in the NBA. But at the end of the day, players really control the flow of it.
1: They do. They do. And, and the, the thing about that I, I find about players who have long term sustainability is that they adapt to whatever they need to help that team be successful. Uh, I remember uh, years ago when when uh, I was in Detroit and there was a young man by the name of Rodney White who went to a school that was near and dear to your heart, Max. He, he was, he was yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And, and, and Max, when I was researching him, uh, your name obviously came up because you were that dude. And I remember when I talked to people about Rodney and how he's this really good scorer, they kept bringing up the fact that, well, he may be a good scorer here, but what's he gonna do at the next level? can he modify his game? Because you know, our guy Cedric, that's exactly what he did because Cedric was all about getting in buckets when he played. Mm-hmm. And when you look at your 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 track, your just your trajectory in the NBA, you had moments where that opportunity presented itself, but it wasn't as if you came into the league and that was that was it. That's what you did. You had the ability to do that, but you adapted to whatever your team needed for you to be successful. Are are you surprised that more players don't have that within them to make that that shift to doing what the team needs?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing about it is it's now a mental game. And Mm -hmm. guys who you see, the the, the smartest players are the best players in this league. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the smartest players like Kyrie are too damn smart. You know, just damn you. You're just so damn smart. You you're damn crazy. You know, damn but more crazy. You're smart, but you're crazy as hell. So you know, I, I think that you look at it in, in that perspective. So yeah, if you mentally you're able to 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 do things like this, you know, and 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 forge your your mental game with it. You think of Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace wasn't the biggest center in the world, but mentally he played a tough, hard-minded game. Dennis Rodman. Everybody said he was crazy as hell, but he was a smart player. I talked to Robert Parrish about it and he played with Dennis Rodman when he was with Chicago. He said Dennis Rodman tried harder than anybody he knew to be something he wasn't. What he was really was an intelligent player who loved to play the game. I have, I have a question for you. Yeah. I've been posing to most people when I do my podcast, Mm -hmm. give me your Mount Rushmore of sports. You get four people that you can pick. We're building in your backyard. Four people that you can pick in sports that we're building. Since Kwame, she wants this in her backyard. Four. Who are the four people?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Whew. Serena Williams. She got to be on there. Uh, I'm just saying that. No, no, I'm not gonna put it now. Uh, LeBron James. I'll put him okay. on there.
2: Okay,
0: Whew. I'm trying you not to them, just you basketball. know what,
2: them people, them people in the back right now, they go going yeah. overtime with you. They're
0: going, go, go ahead, girl, keep, keep guessing. We're still working back here. Keep uh, let's see. Oh, like they, they have to be the greats, right? For me, no, dang, it's, it's, it's you want to be funny, you know, but I want them to be like have some kind of value.
2: They don't have to they don't have the significance as i've told many people before you and i do have one together because i did pick serena she
0: was my wife she was my fourth but i had three okay. other people yeah okay Whew. uh i don't want to okay hmm i was thinking i'll i'll put lt on there for the Giants just okay. because okay. he did too much for the franchise and then Oof, I guess for football, too, I'll put Tom Brady just because yeah. I've been watching him for so long. I don't think those are my best answers, but that's the answers I'm going to Well, those
2: are your answers. It, I always <laughs> tell people it's not we're not looking for the, the perfect answer. Nobody can judge right. what you want. I just want to know how you feel. And that's one of the things I keep asking people, and everybody keeps coming up with these different things. And yeah. I'm just curious that you and I had one that was exactly together that uh, even Barack Obama picked that. Uh yeah he yeah. um I did a podcast with uh bakari Sellers. Okay. And I was asking him uh the same question. You know, he turned around and took that question and and did it with
1: Barack Obama. I'm like, wow.
0: "Damn, so basically, you kidding. asked Barack that question." But well, did he give, no,
1: for no. Max? Did he give you credit? Yeah, That's no, all no,
2: but
0: but Barack Obama
2: <laughs> did pick Serena Williams. He at that. I had Muhammad Ali I
0: had yeah. um, I see I know was- and I had and I had Tiger Woods okay that's pretty good that's good yeah. that's really good I love Muhammad Ali out. I'm ashamed it's pretty good oh it's all good <laughs> you know that's you can't you,
2: you that was in your backyard you can't go right, right.
0: down right <laughs> I gotta go visit your house so I can see your backyard <laughs> see, I'm
1: good there you go there you go
0: good. he done turn the podcast well, into his podcast <laughs> oh no I'm just just I'm just showing you love there you go and
1: and, and speaking of showing love one of the things Mm -hmm. that we always do at the a-list podcast is we show love to our sponsor BetOnline.ag. it's the fastest the easiest way to bet on all your sports action football season we're starting we're getting to that football for agency frenzy but listen the focus right now in, in many corners of the world is the ncaa tournament baby my cues are in the building. How we got there, I have no idea, but we are in the building. Uh, and and again, the opportunities to, to bet on different college games coming up, and men's and women's tournament coming up. BetOnline online also has awards, TV shows, and reality TV shows. Uh, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine to bet on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And don't forget. The promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50 welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm gonna have to put some money down on my Syracuse Orange man. Um, well, tell
2: me right now what they're gonna do with it. You know, I want to hear what's going on with the Bachelor. You know, the Black Bachelor. Yeah, I thought he that heard. was what we were gonna go with gonna, that. Like, I'm, I'm going deep
0: like Perk would do. Who he gonna pick?
1: You know what?
0: God watches the Bachelor, so he's our insider.
1: I glanced, I was walking in my living room while while my family was watching it, and uh-huh. I caught a little bit of The Bachelor canceling a date with one of the women who I think he wound up picking, I think.
0: Ooh. I just read a comment on it this morning about how, you know, they've continued to perpetuate their their racism through that show, but I haven't actually watched any of it. But from what I read, it, it does sound as though they put this black guy as The Bachelor and made him the face of, you know, right after this George Floyd movement, just to say that they cared about black people, but someone actually made a graphic and showed how much screen time everyone on the show got this season. And the, the person with the most screen time was a white woman who was, wasn't even, you know, the main person in the show. She was just one of the people that he was, you know, is dating or whatever the case may be. So it was just very telling for them to kind of put those numbers out and say, all right, yeah, the black guy is supposed to be the star of the show. But this white woman, one of the contestants, Keep has gotten more. Keeping it time.
1: real. Keeping it
0: real. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it real when it goes wrong. Okay. Right.
1: Exactly. None, none of us should be surprised at that. Um, yes. it, it mean, it, it, I mean, th- there's a variation of that that happens in almost every facet of life where uh, people of color are brought into certain positions. Then you realize the position they're brought into isn't as glorious as it typically is for others. In fact, it becomes somewhat diminished, watered down. Treated differently, and uh yeah,
2: this tea is yeah. hot. Yeah, but but this is called but that show is called The Bachelor. So, how, <laughs> how, how it should be about how, how you you know The Bachelor. Bachelor. He's like The Bachelor. No, no, it's the, the Bachelor, not The Bachelorette. No, no, Bachelor.
1: Okay. I mean, well, if you go see the Jackson Five, you ain't going to see Tito. Oh, hell no. Hell You're going, no. You ain't hell going. To, you ain't no. going to see Jermaine. You going to see Uh-oh. Michael? One
2: person. How, what do you do like this? Tito ain't here oh that's okay no right. okay. Michael's here okay we're good we good good
1: we good exactly Oh, we yeah. have gotten so off the damn rails damn it this is good stuff man this it's is stuff the
2: typical right
1: that you is want to true. talk
0: about some NBA trades okay yeah trades there's been a lot of trade talk and you Cedric a former player you know what it's like to be listening well hopefully not tuned into the news cycle of who might get traded so mm-hmm. when you were a player how did you deal with the rumors that probably spread i mean i know eventually you were traded how did you deal with getting traded eventually as well
2: well i didn't get traded at my first year when i was with the celtics until the season was over so mm-hmm. it's really different yeah i think guys getting traded in the middle of the season that's when mm-hmm. people are on pants and needles. Now didn't and you go to
1: Houston? Didn't they trade you to Houston? No, from- no I
2: ended up going to the Clippers. Clip was, right, but I'm saying the Clippers with, traded yeah, you to Bill Houston, Walton. right? Bill Walton for me. That's how right. that, That's how that went. But yeah, it was it, it. You know, when you it, it's really different. Then one time I did get traded uh, uh-huh. from the Clippers to Houston right at the end of the season, and that was a pretty much surprise because I was sitting in the room and Houston needed a guard. And Bill Fitch was there at the time with Akim, and 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 I was like, all of a sudden I hear that you know my attorney calls me and says, well, do you want to play in Houston? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, the Rockets want you. I'm like, really? And you know, I left and 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 left my good buddy Mike Woodson, who was mad at me because he thought he was going to get traded, and I was <laughs> just by whim. So, so those things happen. I think it's crazy, but I think if you look at the Celtics now the pieces that you want with this team is, is the Marcus Aldridge, that guy who gives you the most bang. One of the trades I hear, I heard, I thought was interesting. They said Porzingis for both of the Williams, Rob Williams. And they also said uh, for Kimba. I said, wow, that's interesting. You got a 25 year old Porzingis. With Jalen and Tatum. Man, I mean, that would that 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 would interest me. I don't know how well it would do, but it would interest me.
1: Well, it would interest me if if I had any kind of confidence that Porzingis could stay healthy enough to actually play. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I mean, he, he spends almost as much time watching the damn games as I do, and that's not good. Damn. That is not good. Um, I love the talent. I mean, seven foot two, seven foot three inch guy who can shoot the way he can. Mm-hmm. I don't care that he don't play around the rim. You know what? i don't i don't Who need does? to do if, exactly does? i mean if you can shoot 35 40 for three point range and you seven foot three nobody blocking your shot nobody's really going to contest your shot we good if yeah. you can play we yeah. are so good if you, can I, play. you know i i like what you're
2: saying there it was real funny that when they were talking before they said they were talking about blake griffin and i realized that this year blake griffin has as many dunks as the three of us right now put together i'm like mm-hmm. damn he done yeah. one time? No, he ain't. But that's how you know the game changes you. And the same thing you're saying right now with Porzingis is he's not playing in the paint, and he has often been injured. Can he be healthy? And you have three young guys who are playing together. That that's that's a that that's very really interesting. I mean, you have a Pritchard, you have you know, don't lose Marcus Smart. That would that would that would enlighten me. I, I, although I I love what Kimba's doing right now. I still think that that's a trade that I would look at. Yeah,
1: but the the tough part for Kimba, and and just in in talking with different folks in the league about Kimba, is they're just not sold on his health. I mean, Kimba's a hell of a player. Uh, And he, throughout the course of his career, I mean, the durability that he's been able to play with is phenomenal. But he's at a point now where it's pretty obvious that Kimba, from a health standpoint, is not going to get significantly better than what we're seeing right now. And he, right now he's pretty good. And I think it is it's definitely to the Celtics benefit, but convincing someone else to take yeah. on that max contract where there are some legitimate questions and concerns about his health, I just I don't see the Celtics being mm-hmm. that longing to get rid of Kimba, and I don't see another team wanting to bring him in the fold bad enough to pull the trigger on that. But Yeah, you know, I, the-
2: I think I, I think you're right. I think it's just to me it's like who's rolling the dice? You know, yeah. Are you rolling the dice right now for, for Zingas? Is he healthy? Would you bring him in? Okay. Are you rolling if you're Dallas right now? Dallas, obviously there's always somebody who wants you, and then there's somebody who wants to let you go. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that's the school we're in right now, especially with the Celtics.
1: It is always better to be wanted. It is all whether and, and, and to me, that, that was the one thing. Like, I remember uh, when I was in Detroit, Chauncey Bills used to tell me that every time around this time of year that, look, ain't nothing wrong with having your name in trade rumors. It means that somebody's talking about you because they like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, to me, he said, the problem is when you're nearing the end of your contract and nobody talk about you, yeah. including the team you're playing for. <laughs> they ain't talking ain't talking. So it's like – yeah. Yeah, you know. I
2: mean, I mean that, that's, but that's what, you know, and, and that's why I'm really interested to see where Danny goes with it. Mm-hmm. Does he, does he decide to make a trade? Are you going to use that, you know, that 26 or $27 million exemption that you have right now? Mm-hmm. How are you going to, how can you make this team better unless you make a dramatic splash? And and that's it. That's why I said a guy like Perzingis, that's a splash one way or the other. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're going downhill or you're going up here. And right. I'd rather have that than just stay stagnant. And you could grow with him at his age of being 25. Again, if he can stay healthy. Right. But, you know, you look at a lot of guys, can they stay healthy in the sleep?
1: Yeah, because I know when he was in New York, the Celtics were one of the teams that was looking at seeing if they could pull a deal off to get him. Uh, and and obviously, you know, the, the, the Knicks took – a horrible deal. I mean, they, they sent him to Dallas and they got Dennis Smith Jr., who is like, you know, clinging to the league. He's, he's like clinging to that last thread mm-hmm. in the NBA. And you gave up a seven-foot-three, you know, come on. Uh, but, but anyway, that, that, well, that's the old Knicks regime. That's another story. Here's the thing
2: you guys don't talk about enough. It's the fact now that guys are players are forcing teams to trade you. I mean, you, mm-hmm. think, of, you, you think of Harden, you know, what really did, you know, Houston get, you know, when Harden left when Harden left.
1: I, I tell you what they got. They they, they got an injury riddled all-star in Ola Depot and a bunch of lottery tickets. Yeah, well, we'll see
2: what those lottery tickets do. I think that's that's the big question.
1: Well, I just I just know that in, in, in basketball world and in the real world, most lottery ticks don't lottery tickets don't work out. You usually don't get paid. Most of them do not get you paid. <laughs> Yikes. Sorry. Uh, and, and Danny Ainge, I mean, you know, bless his heart, um, had that like three, four, five year run where it seemed like they were just I mean, all those picks they got from Brooklyn. And you got Jalen and you got Tatum. So that to me, the Celtics have kind of been the exception to the rule with that, because most teams, you get some mid to late first round pick who might make your rotation. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving up I'm giving up an all star for a rotation guy, couple rotation guys. Man, yeah, hmm. and
2: and for the most part, this is one thing you have to give Danny credit about is that a lot of people didn't know who Jalen Brown was, including me. I never sure. heard Jalen Brown. They booed him. Jalen Brown was, yeah, they booed him. When,
1: well, when, no, you know, Courtney that, said we booed him.
2: That's
0: if I she said,
1: was part of those. I, who no, booed no, 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 him. no, no, no. I, I,
0: say I don't say "we." I said they booed him. I don't <laughs> ever. I don't use a "we." <laughs> I don't play for the Celtics, and I am not of the fan base, so I say they.
2: Okay. Um, just you know, here. I, I mean, I'm waiting to hear you on the Anna Horford podcast. That's what I'm ready. I'm waiting to hear you on Anna Horford.
0: back up, girl! Back up! Put put the gun down, okay? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good. Shout out to Anna, though. Always yeah. gotta show her some love. That's
1: right, love. Well, speaking we speaking of here. Horford, though, since, yeah. since the Horford name We're is in the right? mix, what okay. do you think about Al coming back to Boston?
0: Yeah. Oh, I would. I think Al
2: would be exceptional. Yeah. You know, coming back. If you could get Al back, you know, because Al doesn't hurt you. He that Al, mm-hmm. Al is to me, he's like, um, like if I go to the best ice cream place and they got a hundred flavors and I get vanilla, Ooh. it's like
0: I can't, I can't lose, All right? It's not, it's not gonna be good. Al, Al is just
2: he's playing good, and even this league now shoots the three, runs the floor the fans and a great locker room guy i would i would love to have him i mean i don't know what prices you're going to pay but i think al would be and and al has played under in brad's system so that's a whole nother thing that comes into the mix if if it if so somehow you could get him
1: yeah I, i would love if al hit the buyout market in some way shape or form uh, because then well at the, the downside to that is everybody named mom is gonna have to make a bid at him. Like I could totally see the Lakers, the Nets, the Suns, all the top teams which would try to get him in Boston, they put their two cents in as well. Look, Al has
2: made one mistake already, okay, by going to Philly. A hundred million dollar mistake by going to Philly. Is I that really know. a mistake when it's a hundred million dollars? Well, but but we know that Philly didn't want him. Philly did not want – Philly wanted him away from Boston. Yeah. They didn't use him as the player that he yeah. is. Now, yeah. I'm not saying it's anybody's mistake when you give $100 million. Right. Exactly. And ching and, and God bless Al when he did that. But it's still a situation where you looked at Philly, and if Al had to roll those dice again, he might roll them another way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Philly basically they wanted to get rid – they want they wanted him to be a babysitter to Embiid. Yeah. Uh, and and Al's like, but y'all y- y- do know that you know I can play, I
0: can play a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do know that, right? And it, it 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 never. I I didn't think it would work out perfectly, but I thought it would work out better than it did. Like I did not think that it would be as disastrous as it looked out there at times. Uh, and I mean, Al just it was one of the few times that I've seen Al throughout his entire career. I mean, I, I know Al went all the way back to when he was in high school in Michigan, uh, out out in western part of the state of Michigan. I've never seen him just kind of like almost like spirit spiritually beaten down the way he was in Philly I mean the, the i mean i I can, I can imagine just the deep sigh of relief he felt when they said Al, oh, I'm gonna have to get gonna have to let you go <laughs> well I
2: mean okay. i mean his 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 sister did talk about it right about the mm. relationship mm. young lady yeah
0: yeah yeah and that's, the, that's the, fans, the fans, yeah the way the fans it was just the the reception too of the fans seem to be treating them a little differently after he left as if, I mean, he it's not like he ruined the franchise, he he wasn't used to his capabilities as Sherrod said. So I don't think that's the family's fault for that.
1: Yeah, and and just his his reasoning behind leaving Boston. I mean, he wanted more money and they were just like, nah, we're not gonna do that. And it's like, well, okay, I'll go get it elsewhere. And he did. So I I don't think there's like any negative or animosity because bottom line, it's a business. I mean, Al made a business decision uh he wanted to be in a situation with a good team and make some money he got both of those wait a minute wait a
2: minute wait a minute i i gotta ask you guys that you said it was a good decision it was a business decision didn't ray allen make that same decision and i had and, and, and hey no hate on, on Ray. On, ray the right on, thing on, we'll be like in the black church now
0: Come on, somebody. <laughs> right. Come on, somebody. But to that point, I think that was before fans, I well, I don't think they'll ever get to this point, but this was before fans were willing to accept the fact that players realized what game was and were like, okay, well, if I can take my future into my own hands, and to your point about Al get the money that I want before my career, your career can end with, you know, the snap of a leg or you know, the trip on a shoelace. So for Ray to do that, I don't think that was a bad idea. I think for Al to finally decide you know what i want to make sure that i have enough money for my family eventually i'm gonna have to retire i will never be against players taking their careers into their own hands because this is a business they could they could lay you off fire you trade you whatever the next day Let let me let
2: me let me make sure I get this enough money for his family. He's made 200 million dollars.
0: No, I know. I need his family's eating a howl in the
2: damn hall. I I know, I know, (laughs) it's
0: all in respect, but it's in respect to how much like the life that they're comfortable with. Like, for me, that's just a lot of money, but for them, they already were used to a lifestyle. How do you maintain that lifestyle after the NBA? We hear a lot of times players leave the league and they have nothing. So now that he does have a little more income again, hopefully he's managing it well, he'll be able to. Sustainably live after his career is over.
1: Well, all I know is my, my, my you people in the south used to have a stand all. Uh,
2: yes, I, have. I was interested in today, and I wanted to ask you guys about what went on right now when we saw Gordon Haywood Lee and what he's done he, down in Charlotte. You guys, balling.
1: Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he's balling like. <laughs> like, whole new all NBA, like he's like borderline all nba type ball in this year like when they're looking at folks to be on that third team all nba gordon is going to be in that conversation because of the team's success because of the numbers he's putting up the thing you know what the only thing different between gordon now and Al when he's in boston health and opportunity he got them both now uh,
2: exactly and I, I told i was speaking in charlotte about this and since i'm on the a-list i'll throw this out there i told the guy in charlotte i said uh yeah, I said yeah. He he's a he's a great player, and it says it doesn't hurt that he went to a town that would love to have a great white player. Mm. Come on,
1: somebody, and
0: Ooh, well, we out there! Get like a,
2: well, yeah, come on, somebody. Listen,
0: well,
1: <laughs> it was like that when he came to Boston. I mean, it, it was it was a, a very similar think, scenario. You think
2: it's more so in Charlotte though, in the Bible Belt? I
1: think it's more so in Charlotte because they don't have a track record of success or great players. Uh yeah. most of the great players that they've had on that franchise, they did not do what they needed to do to keep them. When you think about Larry Johnson and and all the guys Derek, coming back in the day, guys who had great years and when it came time for them to get paid, you know, George Shin, the old, the old owner back in the day was just like, "Go ahead. Go somewhere." Didn't even bother like, to yeah. try. You know what
2: George Shin really didn't do
1: that. Hey, he wanted he wanted to keep
2: he wanted to keep Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning did, hated Larry Johnson. He hated
1: Larry Pick Johnson. one. Keep he one of them.
2: And then on top of that, George Shen gave out one of the first contracts to LJ, gave him $25 million for 25 years. So a lot of people, I think that the Charlotte market at that time was a different market and a difficult market. You say you got Charlotte on this hand, I can play here, or... I can play in Miami. Which one are you gonna tell me?
1: I still, Max. I'm gonna have to. I, I don't think he did enough to keep all the talent that he. I mean, basically everyone that he had that was really good left, and it's hard for me to imagine every single player: Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. There's at least four or five other guys that they've had in, in that regime, all bounced. With and, and to, here's my thing. Here's my thing, Max. If you're gonna let him go, sign and trade him away. Get something in return when they go out the door. Don't just have them leave and you get nothing. And that was my issue with George. It wasn't so much that the guys left, but they left and Charlotte got squat in return. That's why they were. That's why they, they systematically got worse over time. But the one thing I'll say say this, and this was something that was told to me when I was a little knucklehead boy: get going before you get gone. Mm. And that's what I see a lot of NBA players doing now. When you think about Gordon Hayward, what he did, you think about what Al Horford did, you think about what James Harden is doing, go back to Paul George. Hell, you could go all the way back to like, you know, 10-15 years ago when Baron Davis told New Orleans Hornets, I want out. And what did they do? They sent him to go to state for Speedy Claxton and Dale Davis. 35-year-old Dale Davis, who, by the way, they waived like two months after they got him. And Speedy Claxton played like five more years, but he was injured for the full season twice. Well, well,
2: Kwame, didn't, didn't, we, didn't we have the same conversation for a while? Were we about to have the same conversation with people leaving, when people were speculating that, Jaylen, that Tatum is leaving Boston now? He's Ooh. on his way out the door. Now, you don't hear that noise about Boston. I mean, it's just really crazy how that goes.
1: Well, t- Tatum, I think for him, part of it is the fact that Tatum, ha- he just wants to be that dude. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And I think any team that would want to add him probably has that dude already in place. Uh, Because it makes no sense for the Celtics to get rid of him unless they're getting something of great magnitude in return. And to me, I just don't see them ever looking to move him unless they're getting something of of significance in return. And I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think anyone is going to put something that makes sense for them. He's a 22, 23-year-old two-time All-Star. You don't move cats like that unless they hold you hostage, unless you're not doing right by them, and they they just they took care of his man Jalen before they took care of him, which was important. That was that was one of them low key Boston. If you really want to keep Tatum happy, you need to take care of my man first. They did that. You brought in Kimba. He's getting paid now. And we talked about this earlier. I'm curious to see what's the price going to be to keep Robert Williams a third in tow, because right now, again. It's not something that's like looking at smacking the face now, but you know how Danny Ainge is, you know how Mike Zarin is. They're always Ooh. thinking down the road, how is this going to affect my wallet? How Ooh. much is this going to cost me? Rob Williams to me, I think his price tag is going to be very interesting because I think it's going to be a little bit higher than most folks want to like stomach. I mean, can you imagine Rob Williams making 20 million a year? I can.
2: I tell you what, you guys drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, I'm,
1: I'm not I, I
0: like but about Robin Williams. Williams. Is he a piece that you keep? If you're saying that, is he a piece you keep or a piece that you trade early?
1: I'm, I'm talking more about his value in the eyes of other teams throughout the league. I'm not talking about necessarily the Celtics. I'm talking about is he a player that you would put in that 20 million dollar range? Because remember, Marcus Smart is like a 13, 14, 15 million dollar player right now.
2: Marcus is one of the best defenders out there what are, what okay you guys give me rob williams skill set what do you what do you like about him and what do you don't like about him?
1: runs the floor can rebound defense got one of the best second bounces in the game uh he's he to me he's he's like Javel McGee with a little bit more upstairs hmm. yeah. huh
2: you're next
0: I agree with Sharad. I was saying all of that, including his shot blocking ability. But I, I, I want to see more. I'm not really sipping the Kool-Aid just yet. I do want to see more consistency out of him. But with the consistency means more time on the floor to see how much he can play on a regular basis and really contribute to the team. But I, I do see his potential being, you know, really good in this league. I just, you know, I don't want to speak too soon and be like, oh, he's the greatest of all time because we haven't really haven't given, been given ourselves that much of a sample size to, to know for sure.
1: Well, I mean, remember I, before I, I, remember I mean, before Jalen be- got his money though, before Jalen got his money, he wasn't an all-star. He was a good player who was getting better, but there was mm-hmm. no one could have ac- accurately predicted that Jalen yeah. Brown was going to be an all-star yeah, this year, yeah, but yeah. they rolled the dice because they said, you know what, if he keeps trending in a direction that he's going, this is actually going to wind up saving us money Uh, because we, at, if we don't do this, we're mm-hmm. going to get into this huge bidding war with other teams. And I think, that's part of the thinking that they, they're starting to process with Robert Williams. He's not a all-star player right now. There's, there's, I don't think it's close, but when you look at some of the things that he's doing and you look at how he's getting better right. and the areas that his game is getting better, you need to figure out a number that you can come to and keep that brother in the fold. Now, otherwise you are going to lose him. And I, I'm telling you right now, if Robert Williams hits the free agent market in, within the next couple of years, he will get $20 million a year from someone.
0: So you're no saying he needs about to motivate him essentially, is that what's that you're saying? Essentially he needs the money to be the motivation to continue to get better.
1: No, I think the money is, is part of it. Hell yeah. I mean, if, if, look, if I'm balling out and I get win or I get a sense that I can probably make about 18, 19, $20 million a year, if I just keep getting better, Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to be on time for practice. I'm going to be on time for the plan. I'm going to ball out when I get on the floor. I'm going to do like Max tell me and, and just and play within my game. I'm going to do all them things because I know that it helps the team win and it helps me provide for my family. Multi-generational wealth is what we're talking about when you're an NBA player and you get those type of contracts and and, and really all, and all you're doing. It's getting better at a game that you love to play. That if you weren't playing in the NBA, you would be in some rec league at the Y playing anyway. So,
0: am I wrong, Max? No, so your no. point, Jalen? I think with Jalen, he was starting early. Rob wasn't starting early; he was out for a while, and that's why I think the timeline is not consistent with the other two All Stars on the team. Well, there are three. All-stars. But you have to
1: look at why. He was starting. Alfred. I mean, there was nobody better at that wing position than Jalen on the roster. Whereas Rob, you had Al Horford, you had Aaron Baines. You, I mean, you're talking about you know Al Horford, and, and again, this is a conversation for another day. Well, Al <laughs> Horford at some point is going to be in the conversation as a Hall of Famer. When you look at the number of years that he's been an all-star mm-hmm. and the way that right. I think a lot of what Max, yes. don't get me started. Oh, this is a conversation for another go. day. Max, this
2: podcast you- No, long damn it. It. that's the conversation
1: right now.
0: I want to hear People want to hear it
1: today. Al Horford is a Listen, Hall of Famer. When you when you go look ahead, at guys go going to the Hall, look, Hall, of Famers typically have have been in have been All Stars at least four times. Al Horford, that's why he's going to be in that conversation, because he's been an he's, he's been an All Star enough to where he is clearly one of the he's been one of the better players. I, you know what, I, just, I just I don't I don't believe, and this is
2: why I don't believe it because he hasn't won the championship. He's been on a level where he's won he's won. Uh, you know some games, but he hasn't but there's sometimes when he hasn't been as consistent in those real real big moments One of the things I look at is when I say you say an all-star guy uh, You know, guy who's a Hall of Famer. I look at a guy like Kevin Johnson Who was who isn't in the all who isn't in the Hall of Fame who should be in the Hall of Fame? So I always people ask me said are you gonna be in the Hall of Fame? I said, yeah I get my ticket when I go there, you know, I can you know pay to go go in the place well, you got – well, you were the finals MVP. You won multiple championships. Well, it ain't for everybody. And I'm not – I'm not slapping it, Al. I just don't believe that the body of work is consistent with getting in the Hall of Fame. Although uh, Dino Roger went in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, damn. Oh, what? what?
1: Max, <laughs> I knew you was going to bring that up. I knew <laughs> – because because you know what? When, when Dino, Dino went in, not, not because of what he did in the NBA, but because of what he did international i mean his whole body of work beyond just his days and times with the celtics and i know max you ain't trying to hear that i know that but that's why he went in but max
2: did you hear what i said last time i told somebody when dino raja went in the hall of fame i said you know what i'm from france this is where i'm from now i'm not from north carolina i'm from down <laughs> france <laughs> we well then get- you win. Yeah, come on in, in. Easy. Come on in. Bonjour, bonjour, Maxwell. bonjour. Come on in. Oh, yeah, bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Well, I think no, we should what, close what?
0: off with the final part of our game if we want to do that. I'm not gonna. We had three games lined up. I think we just go with the last one. If you're okay with that, Chirac. Okay.
1: on, Kwani. Come on. Quiney, come on. Let's do
0: All right. So this is a new game. It's called <laughs> Do You Remember? I'm going to read you a quote and you're going to tell me who said it <laughs> so i'd like to wish them well even though they didn't wish me well didn't wish me well i got 30 cedric, cedric oh, maxwell 30 said this. i'm going to spray paint them white i don't want to see anything green unless it's money that was that was have been maxwell. cedric maxwell's
2: comment talking about the Boston Celtics when he selfish mm-hmm. he wanted all Cedric Maxwell wanted when he left his team was he wanted one thing, he wanted them to wish him well. That's mm-hmm. all, and you know, and I think that's what most players want when you decide when you leave. You know, there's been a lot of animosity between. I didn't have any animosity when I left. I had a great career here, but when what I don't like is when the team trashes a player to trade him, and that's why I said that's why I said what I said I was gonna get all my shoes and. Spring paid them yeah. things white. But here's the thing with the crazy part about it. I was working for um, pony at the time. I was wearing one of the few guys wearing the pony sneaker in the uh, <laughs> NBA. I was getting about $150,000 a year. Damn. I left Boston. You know how much money I got when I went to the Clippers. How much? Close your eyes. See what you see
0: yeah Damn. i don't that'll see be
2: nothing, nothing max be
0: nothing. <laughs> it's all I black a, I it's just black
2: a bunch, i lost a bunch of dead presidents going to the
0: uh, wait but to wow. that point then what convinced you to eventually it's full circle you now broadcast celtics games was there ever you know a reconciliation process before that, or you just came back for the job? My brother has
2: called that thing, it's called that J-O-B, mm-hmm. working,
0: getting- More you know, green, more black green faces. Um,
2: <laughs> the thing that happened with me was uh, the garden was closing mm-hmm. and they had these uh, days where they had, you know, different great players. Uh, they'd have a ticket of yours and you would come back to the garden and they would introduce you at halftime. It came, I came back to the garden, they introduced me at halftime. And uh, Jan Volk, who was the general manager at that time, said, uh, Max, we'd like for you to uh, come back and work with the organization. And I wanted to come back in the NBA. And um, so he said, but what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to apologize to Red. I said, I got to apologize to Red for treating my ass? Yeah, that's what happened to me. So (laughs) like I did. I had to go down to Washington as nervous as I've ever been in my life. Go to Washington, D.C., go to Red's office, go to his house, see Red and his wife. Takes me in the room, puts his arm on my shoulders, and said, Well, sometimes when you are younger, you don't do uh, smart things. And the next words he said, I will always remember he said, I forgive you. That's exactly how I did in my head. Huh?
0: What you what you, you say? That's some humility on your part. To yeah, do that. it
2: was. That's called get. That's called moonwalking like Michael Jackson to come in to get a job. And I've been here twenty right. for five years broadcasting. So it's so
1: funny be. you should break Michael Jackson up because that's literally why I came up with this idea. Because in nineteen ninety two, remember the time went gold. That was Michael Jackson, one of his biggest hits. And that's see, this is why we got Max on here. Look at right. that just coming full circle i didn't realize yeah. yes sir
2: full circle. so yeah that was that was it i had to come i was coming back to the organization uh i didn't have any animosity and mm-hmm. ml carr was the general manager at that time one of my best friends and he wanted to bring me back in but it was that obstacle of there was some something i don't know between red and i yeah. And I really didn't have it, but everybody thought it was that way. So again, I had to go to Washington and apologize and then I'm I'm still here now. So he
1: forgave you for what what, what I'm still trying to figure out what you what he forgave you for? For getting hurt?
2: I don't know. I mean, it's like not being able to, you know, I, yeah, it's I, one of the strangest things about, you know, being on this team or being with that team at that time was that I still looked at we lost the championship in 1985 against the Lakers. We mm-hmm. won the year before, with me having the great seventh game, signing a new contract, coming back, getting hurt the next year. And essentially there's as always a guy, there's always somebody who's gonna be the scapegoat at the end. You know, somebody made us lose this championship. And because I was hurt, they felt like I, that I was that guy. But I always think the craziest thing was there were four Hall of famers on that team I was that important I was I was I was that badass that you know that you, that you can you blamed me so I I, I just kind of laugh when I think about how things transition how things are you guys are talking about the new league the money in it and all it, it's just a it, it, the, the league is completely different players have more power than they've ever had you know, we're going to other teams during my years in the NBA. There was no such thing as a, a free agent. There was a right of compensation. So if you went to another team, that team had to give you back something. You just didn't become a free agent. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love the fact that the players have the power. I think that in some ways they're abusing that. But uh, obviously the owners or excuse me, the governors of the team are allowing some of this thing to happen.
1: Well, it, I find it interesting that, you know, someone like James Harden will catch heat for pretty much saying, look, I, I wanna be traded. And Houston still threw him out there to play and he played like crap after he said he wanted to be traded. And yeah. then, but, but, but he's wrong for that, right? But it's okay for the Cleveland Cavaliers to say, Andre Drummond, you're not gonna play until we find a home for you. Uh, Blake Griffin, you're not going to play until we find a home for you. But that's okay.
2: Yeah, I, I think that that is one of the hypocrisies in in the NBA and the fact that fans a lot of times talk about players having loyalty, but when a team wants to trade your ass, right. they trade you, and yeah. you you I move on. And where's where's the? I always say my like me being with the Celtics for eight years at that time. Where was the loyalty? No, no, we we trying to win we trying to win another championship we getting your ass out of here so kevin McHale can start starting and we can get bill walton and we win another championship so but you know i respected that but again where is the loyalty on the other side of the coin for the player when he's with the team and if they want to trade your way it's okay
0: Yeah. yeah cedric maxwell we could talk to you for hours thank you so much for joining us today Make sure they y'all check out the Cedric Maxwell podcast you said you just had Kevin McHale on that. I have to go and check that one out as well.
2: Well, thank Great you stories. guys. Thank you guys for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Always anytime, you know, the A-list, I I you know, I've been able to check some of you guys work out and uh, I've loved every moment of it and I don't think we could get uh, enough podcasts with people of color to give another side to the nba or brother conversation so yeah, yeah. so I, you know i'm about that i'm i'm about, about that, about that. So, you <laughs> know, i do so as i end it we'll end it like this
1: my man my man <laughs> what's up Yeah. <man. laughs> I, I love it y'all later thank you all right thanks all right. cedric bye-bye bye-bye
0: as always it's always good to talk to cedric maxwell that was a really good conversation Sherrod. Of course, we have to make sure that we give our sponsors some love, betonline.ag. Make sure you subscribe, like, share with a friend, show us some love, give a review if you haven't done so yet, and keep the A-list podcast running. So Absolutely,
1: because a- St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is, is right here, so get lucky and, and, and get on BetOnline and try that good luck. Make yourself a little money. As Quanti said, promo code CLNS50 for Quanti Lunis. This is Ace Rob Blakely, and this is the A-List Podcast, and we are out.